Good morning. Um, I'm Greg, and uh, I am on staff here at Faith Covenant Church. Uh, I have to say a huge thank you to the worship team uh, this morning, for Sharon, for leading out, for Grace and Adam, um, who are here so regularly. Thank you so much. Uh, Greg also, and, and the singers, you, you, some of them I'm related to, Jade and Angel, um, are my, my nieces, and uh, Nancy was up here this morning, and Tammy, thank you for, for singing out our freedom this morning. Oh, did you not, did, were, were you not in freedom this morning? When, when, I, I love that she sings that for us. Uh, what a great morning for us to come together and, uh, and continue to talk about how God is renewing us, um, changing our hearts, and, and making us new. I want to start with a scripture this morning that, that uh, has been read a couple of times in, in the series that we've been in with Renew. Um, therefore, this is from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is a new creation, excuse me, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. We ask God to give us something new every Sunday, or at least I try to do that. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's up here in front where I just invite God in with all of us. Uh, sometimes it's in my car on the way down here. Sometimes we pray um, over our service in the back room there, and, uh, and wherever that is, we invite God to do something new in us every week. Renew our spirit. And so I, I, I asked myself, um, what, is, what does that mean to renew our spirit? And what does that mean for us this morning? Renewing for you might be starting something brand spanking new in your life, a new career path. Um, maybe it's learning a new skill like guitar or piano. Um, maybe renewal for you might be uh, this morning as, as we talk, um, might be starting something that you've tried before. Maybe a diet, we've, we've been talking about that in, in the last, maybe you've tried it before and you're going to try it again. Maybe it's, it's healing that relationship that has been broken and, and you want to go back to it and you want to figure out maybe there's a new way that God is, is uh, helping me to dive into this new relationship or heal that relationship. And, uh, and maybe it's learning to drive by the laws. <laughs> I just throw that one out there because... I speed every time I go past this sign. Anyway, um, so those are all good things. Today we're going we're gonna to transition just a little bit and talk about, instead of um, maybe the physical things that we do, maybe there's a spiritual renewal that we can start talking about this morning, um, or at least that we've been talking about for um, the last couple of weeks as well. It's hard to put in, I feel like, it's hard to put into words what a renewed spirit actually feels like. Um, but we, we, we all know what that renewed spirit feels like, right? I mean, when, when I, want, I want you to bear with me. I think I've done this before, but it is great to invite God in in this way. Just pause for a minute, and maybe this is for me more than you, and take a breath. Take a deep breath in and let it out. Relax your shoulders and back into your seat a little bit. And hold on for the ride. Okay, no, that's... Uh, <laughs> When, when, you, when you breathe in deep like that, you're doing, uh, you're doing many things physically. Um, the, the, the deep breath like that gets your blood oxygen, and that, helps, that actually helps you think more clearly. Um, I looked this stuff up because I wanted to be sure I knew what I was talking about. Um, it also releases, did you notice a release of any tension in your body? Uh, I did. Every time I do it, I practiced this about 57 times, and every time I practiced, um, I, I was, there's this, 
there's just a relaxing that happens. You release tension and toxins. And actually, I read that it massages your lungs and your diaphragm so they relax a little bit more as well. That's a physical renewal, and we know what that feels like. We also have, I hope that we've had some form of spiritual renewal in our lives, and we know what that feels like. A spiritual renewal comes from God, but it could be the result of, of accomplishing a looming task, um, getting that big project done at school or at work uh, that, that you know has been, again, just looming, um, having a conversation with a friend or uh, maybe it's a spouse, or maybe a, a, one of your children, maybe a coworker. that conversation that you've kind of been dreading, and getting that over, there, there's a renewal in you. Um, maybe for you, uh, a renewed spirit comes with taking a Sabbath. Uh, we've been challenged at church on the staff to take Sabbath days on a regular basis. Um, once a month, we take a Sabbath day, and it is the hardest thing to put that into our schedules but it is the best thing for us. Every time we come back, we get to give a report of what God has done and, uh, and share with each other, and that spurs each other. It, we all get spurred on to do that a little bit more because we realize it is so renewing for our spirit to be able to take that time. Maybe it's reading his word, praying, meditating, um, listening to God, definitely whatever, whatever those things are in your Sabbath, um, that w- that's what God calls you to. What renews your spirit? Um, what brings you life? Maybe this morning that question is something that you haven't ever, um, haven't ever thought of before. What, what renews your spirit? But I'm going to ask you to think about it for a minute. As Pastor Kurt has been saying the past few weeks, and, and maybe even beyond that, maybe the past few years I've heard it, which is excellent, to give our best to God and to others, we need to put our oxygen mask on first. And so this morning we come before him and we invite him into our lives. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are here. Thank you that you want to renew in us. Give us something new this morning. I pray that our eyes would be open to whatever you have, that we would think about last week and, and dreaming big and imagining what you might be doing today. And God, we pray for a fresh start, a renewed spirit this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 through 19, Isaiah says, or God says these things, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. In this Renew series, we've been talking about how innovation is imagination, which is what Kurt shared about last week, Pastor Kurt shared about last week, implementation, which is what I'm going to share today, and integration. So we've got imagination, implementation, and integration equal innovation. And we're going to go a little bit deeper into that. Last week, Kurt spoke about... um, I'm not sure that might be me, and if it is, I've got to figure it out. It's thunder. My microphone, because I just unplugged and replugged. So, if you, hey, there we go. I, I, I don't think it was me, I promise. I don't know. God's given us the thunder this morning. All right. Um, last week, yeah, it's still there somewhere. We'll, we'll, we'll see if, I, I can just be loud too if we need to, but. Um, 
Last week, Pastor Kurt spoke about one of the obstacles that gets in the way of true and lasting innovation or renewal in our lives and in the church. And that obstacle is imagination. Now, hear me out on this. He said, it's not imagination. It's the failure of imagination. We cannot imagine a different future or potentially we can't imagine um, a different future or we can't imagine what God might do differently within us, um, a failure of imagination. This morning, I want to share with you about another possible barrier to, um, to, our, to renewal and the lack of implement, and that is a lack of implementation, or I, I like to call it a failure to launch. Um, when I was given this topic of implementation, I thought to myself, this is the worst subject for me. Because I am a status quo guy, and I, and I say that, but sometimes I just, I like it the way it is. I, I'm fine with just kind of going with how we've always done it. I know those words are some that I shouldn't be saying up here, but it, th- that's, that's the truth and where I'm at sometimes. And so I, I thought, this, is, this message is not for me. Um, starting something new makes me nervous. How about any of you? Yeah? I got one hand. Yeah, there's a couple. Some of you are like, and, and maybe for some of you, there, there aren't nervousness. There isn't nervousness in that. But um, for me, the first day of school, I can remember so many first days of school that, uh, that I was so nervous on the first day going and knew, uh, switching from uh, elementary school to junior high to high school, any of those changes. Or we should, is, is it me? I, I, I'm sorry. Is it me or is it thunderous in here? mess-ups here. There we go. Okay, so I, uh, now I need to find myself again. So I, I'm, a, I'm a status quo guy. These things make me nervous. Um, yep, there it is. That, that's it. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. Some of these things um, made me nervous. What's that? Okay. Thank you. Some of these things make me nervous, enough to the point, um, recitals and, and the first sports game, some of them made me nervous enough not to show up. Like, I didn't, sh- I didn't not show up. I didn't want to go to those. And so um, I believe that God this morning gave me this message about implementation to share with me and stretch me as much as it is to give to anybody who might be here this morning. Now, there was a time in my life uh, that I did implement some big ideas. Uh, do you guys remember a show called The A-Team? Yeah, from the 80s, you know. Bum, ba-dum, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Maybe you can find The A-Team, right? So uh, 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 some of you guys remember that really well. They were the epitome of imagination, implementation, and integration. And here, here, here's what happened. Every week, every week, these guys... These four guys would come up against impossible odds. And in less than an hour, they could make an armor-plated 
gun-slinging, Roman candle-shooting tank with room for eight out of Grandpa's one-seater, hundred-year-old tractor. Right? Every week. It was amazing. And, and in the famous words of George, George Perpard, who was known as Hannibal on the show, I love it when a plan comes together. I heard some of you say it before I even said it. Implementation is when a plan comes together. As I, when I was a kid... I was enamored with these guys. I, really, I, I didn't miss an episode. B.A., he was awesome. Yeah, I, you know, just, it was, it was so good. And, uh, and um, I didn't ever think when I watched this show, I didn't ever go, that's just impossible. I thought it opened up these big dreams for me. It was like, yes, that, that could happen. That's, it, it could actually, you know, probably not. But um, I, I, would, I was inspired by that enough to go out to my dad's shop and I would find all his spare parts. And uh, s- sorry, Dad. That's, I thought they were spare parts. Um, and, uh, and I would put things together and, and create all these different things that, uh, that I, um, that sometimes would work, sometimes wouldn't. But it, was, it opened my mind uh, to, to what could be is what happened there. And, and when an idea comes to you from God, how do you implement where do you start? And when I say that, I say us. How do we implement? How do we start? I'd like to give us some ideas on how we might be able to implement something into our, into our daily lives. In James chapter 1, verse 22, James says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Okay, now James, I love James because he just says it like it is. Just do what it says. So, you know, here's, here's one of the ways that we can, we can move forward in implementation is just do it. Rip off the Band-Aid, no plan, just go for it. That's what I did after watching the A-Team. And more often than not, my contraptions were one wheel short and, uh, and didn't work out so well. Um, if that's how we approach our relationship with God, it has a chance of working. Just, just jump in, no plan. It has a chance of working, don't get me wrong. But um, there was uh, the, the hunt and peck, uh, excuse me, the hunt and peck method in the Bible is, uh, is one of those that we can try. I think it works better for typing for me, but we can try. And, uh, and there can be good things that come out of that. I, bear with me. I heard an analogy once that was done with this. Um, a, a friend shared this with me. And, uh, and it was this idea that um, he, he flipped through the book. This guy was like, I need to know. Um, what God wants me to do. And he flipped through the Bible and he stopped and pointed. John 2, 5. Do whatever he tells you to. Okay, all right. So what am I supposed to do then? And he flipped through again and, and pointed. Matthew 27, 5. Huh, he went away and hanged himself. What? <laughs> no, that, that can't be right. And he flipped through again and he said, I got to find something better than this. And then he pointed again. John 13, 27. What you're about to do, do it quickly. No, no, that's not the plan. Now, I, I, jokingly, we look at it that way. I do realize that there can be great things from just opening the Bible, pointing, and reading. God can do anything with his word, and in fact, um, there's nothing he can't do. Therefore, that, could, that can work for us, jumping in and just doing it. Um, with our spiritual life, I think, though, it is helpful to make some form of a plan. Um, when we make a plan, it does take time to implement. It takes time to implement something into our spiritual lives uh, if we want it to stick. 
um, you might need to sacrifice in some other area. Maybe less binge-watching TV, Netflix, YouTube. I don't, maybe, that's, maybe that's one of them. Maybe less games on your phone. Oh, I know. <laughs> Are you playing? No. <laughs> um, uh, maybe, dare I say, being at Super Bowl Sunday, less sports. I don't know. I don't know. That, I'm, just, I'm just saying that might be um, something that we, we might need to, to move away from. You might need to give up some good things, as we've been hearing, to have the best things. There's a parable that Jesus told about seeking the best things from God. In Matthew 13, 45 through 46, Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. If you're looking for something to kill time, you might miss the best things that God has for you. If you're searching for the best things in your spiritual walk, God will provide, and you will know it when you find them. Like the merchant in Jesus' parable, you'll be able to give up, or you'll, you'll be willing to give up one thing to get it, right? One thing? No? Was that... Was that it? Diane, you're the only one that got it, I think. <clears throat> okay, you'd be willing to give up a few things, right? No, it says you'd be, Jesus said everything in this parable. Everything is so hard to think about. When it says, I don't think it means, when it says giving up everything, when Jesus says that, I don't think he means give it all up and walk away from it. That's not necessarily what he's saying. He's saying, give me control of the things in your life. Give me control of your finances, and I'll help you. Give me control of your friendships, and I will be there for you to direct you. Give me control of your family, and I'll help you through those tough times. Give me control of your alone time, and I'll help your eyes go to things that they should be on. Give me control of your career, and we'll move you to a place that you need to be. God says, give me control. Let me lead you. And that's not easy. So once you've got a plan, we've talked about, uh, you, can, you can go in and just rip off the Band-Aid with no plan. You can, uh, you can make a plan for your spiritual life. And once you've got a plan, uh, here's the idea. You go it on your own, right? Don't tell anybody, and then you can't fail because nobody else knew, Right? I have done that so many times where I say, I'm going to, in my spiritual walk and in my physical life, I've done that so many times where I've said, I'm going to do this, but I don't tell anybody. And then the next day I don't do this. But I didn't fail because nobody knows about it, right? I've done that so, uh, 101 diets that have failed because I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my wife Gretchen. And, and every time, this is, this is uh, without fail, every time that I have told her, about the diet plan that I have, I have at least some success in it. It may not be perfect all the way through, but I have at least some success in it. When I don't tell her, I learn a new way not to diet. Right, I know. If you want to go fast, go alone. That might get you there quickly, but if nobody comes with you, is it worth it? Invite others to, into your implementation plan they could help you, and you might even inspire them. 
That's not to say that we need to bring somebody into our, our own personal quiet time with God, but that might be what Pastor Kurt was talking about last week when he said, and when he talked about an unimagined opportunity. Um, maybe it, it's a failure of imagination if we think nobody could come into my quiet time with me and help. It's just between God and I. And, and maybe that is for you, and that's, that, that can be okay. I'm not saying that. But maybe you haven't ever thought about it doing it this way. Maybe it's a failure of imagination. To finish the phrase, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah, if you want to go far, go together. If you want to say at the end of your plan, I love it when a plan comes together, get the A-team to go with you. Well, Okay, at least get a team to go with you. Um, At Faith Covenant Church, we have been working uh, to have team mentality implemented into our culture everywhere we are. Kurt's been, Pastor Kurt has been working on us um, with, with many different teams that we have now that used to be um, committees or whatever we, we had called them, um, and now they're teams. We've come uh, from a, I, I, want, I want to share, this is going way back, we come, we've come from a session, and I looked up the definition of session because I just wanted to make sure that I, I knew what we were talking about, and, um, and it was a meeting of a, de- a deliberative or judicial body to conduct its business. Okay, that's, that's pretty serious. Uh, the third definition on the list, this was fabulous. The third definition on the list was literally the governing body of a Presbyterian church. <clears throat> uh, so um, word for word, that, I thought that was pretty amazing. So uh, from session as a Presbyterian church, we went to a council, and that is an advisory, deliberative, or legislative body of people formerly constituted and meeting regularly. Okay, there, we got advisory in there, and, and, uh, and we're looking a little different now. And we went from council to a leadership team. Our leadership team works to help move the church in the direction that God is leading. And I hear they pray regularly and worship in their meeting. I think that's part of the business of a church, is to be praying and worshiping. So I come down to this and and ask you, who is your team? Who's helping you to change? Who's along for the ride with you? Who's implementing with you? Who are you helping also implement something into their life? Who's talking to you and saying, I want to make this change, and how are you helping them to get there? Each member on the team works for the good of the team. That's the idea of a team anyway. Um, We regularly say at our house, go team Newart. That's my last name. Um, so we, we say it regularly, go team Newart, and, uh, and we do it for simple things. But it reminds our kids that we're on their side. It reminds us as parents, my wife and I, that we're team parenting. We're not in this alone. We don't have to parent alone. It, it, it drums up excitement for working together as a team in my family sometimes. <clears throat> Most of the time, it actually does. They get, they get pretty excited about, uh, about working with us when we, when we hoorah, go Team Newart. Um, and, uh, and so I ask again, who's on your team? In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, Paul says, um, Paul says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, 
think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard, heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the peace of God will be with you. He's talking about implementation here. He's talking about looking at all these things, think about these things, and how do we implement them? Maybe we take one this week and say, I want to I focus in on what is noble. What is noble? Whatever is lovely. Maybe I want to look at that and say, I want to implement some of that into my life. I'm seeing these things. How do I do that? Um, and, and so for Paul, to put into practice is a challenge to behave differently, to change the norm of their current culture, to experience God's kingdom culture that Jesus came to bring. I'm going to say that one again because I think it's got a lot of words in it, but it's, it's a, beautiful, um, a beautiful thing to, uh, to think about in this. For Paul, put into practice is a challenge to behave differently, to change from the norm of our current culture to experience God's kingdom culture that Jesus came to bring. We don't need to keep up with the Joneses. Sorry, Rick and Susan. I think they're doing pretty good spiritually, though. Um, <clears throat> what we need to do is keep in step with the Spirit. We need to keep seeking God's kingdom first. We need to keep implementing things that God directs us in as a church team and in our smaller teams. Implementation takes intentionality. We always have good intentions, but sometimes we're not intentional and we're not going to fall into implementation. I'm going to challenge us to take a risk. Uh, if we look at the story of um, if we look at the story of the talents, the, the parable of the talents, some of you are familiar with this. There's a, there's a wealthy man who gives his servants uh, a, a, some, some sums of money, and he gives one group uh, a large sum, and the next one half of that, and the, and the last one gets, gets one. And, uh, and they all, except for the one, the all, they all come back and say, we've, we've doubled. Look at what we brought back. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. Now I give you even more. And, and it comes down to this last one. And, uh, and, and he, he replied, um, or he tells, tells this servant that he shouldn't, he, he went out and buried what he had. And then he brought back what he had. And, and he said, look, this is, this, is what you, this is what you gave me. And he didn't, he didn't use it to do anything with it. And Jesus replied to, to the people that were around, um, he said, I tell you, everyone who has will be given more. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. That's another one of those hard sayings, a tough saying. And I love the way the message puts it. Uh, I'm going to read it for you because the message gives it just a little bit different twist. Jesus said, that's what I mean. Risk your life and get more than you ever dreamed of. Play it safe and end up holding the bag an empty bag. Implementing something new in our lives will cause risk. We'll have a risk of failure. But in that failure, just like my diet plans, you learned a way not to do it this time, right? Risk of failure. There is that risk. Risk of pain. Pain is an indicator. My wife is a, uh, is a nursing student right now. And, and I say this fairly regularly to her. I say, uh, pain is just an indicator when my knees hurt or something, but she always says, pain is an indicator of something negative. And, uh, and I have to come back with, but what about growth? There's growth pains. Uh, after I started running, after I hadn't been running for a long, long time, um, 
everything hurt. I didn't know that my arms and chest would hurt after I started running again. Like, are you kidding me? Um, everything hurt. There was pain, but that was because my muscles were growing. My, and, and I know there's way more to it than that, but um, my muscles were growing. Pain is an indicator. Sometimes it can be of growth, and that can be okay. There's the risk of the unknown. Without stepping into the unknown, we won't see anything new. Without stepping into the unknown, we can't find something new that God has, is wanting to do with us. And there's the, the risk of, of losing control. And, uh, and I would suggest, as Kurt has many times, Pastor Kurt has said, it's, it's just the illusion of control. We don't really have control. Here's a warning, and I'm going to leave you with these last couple of, of bits of information. A warning, a failure to implement leads to a reduction in momentum and energy towards God's calling and mission for us. A failure to implement, after we've dreamed big, we've got these big dreams, and we've got some plan of where to go, the failure to implement will lead to a reduction in momentum and energy toward God's calling and mission for us as a church. But look at how far we've come. Even in just the last five years, what changes have we experienced that may have been a bit scary? Things that we've implemented that we've been nervous about, but God has produced new energy and growth. Uh, Worship styles, worship services. We went from two different worship services to, to one style in two services to one service, and God continues to grow us. God continues to use that. It felt like we, and and I don't say it felt like, I know that we were following God's direction in that. Um, From pews to chairs, you're much more comfortable right now, aren't you? Yeah, most of us would say yes. (laughs) Um, The physical space in the lobby, right out there. Has anybody been out there for 15 minutes after service? Yeah? Okay, wait, wait, wait. Raise your hand if you've been out there for 15 minutes after service. Okay? Raise your hand if you've been out there for a half an hour after service. Raise your hand if you've been out there for an hour and a half after service. I know, because I have to lock the doors. So we like to be together. We are out there enjoying each other's presence in a new, a physically new space that is a beautiful space that we like to be in. And we love to be together in one service. That's wonderful. And as I said already, we've gone from a session to a council to leadership team, and we have lots of teams that are working around us. We have come so far, but God has more for us. As a church, God has more for us. As individuals, God has more for us. Take a risk and implement something new that God might be speaking to you today to put on your heart, maybe for the church, maybe for you but it's definitely from God, and he wants to do something new and renew us. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you want to work in our hearts and work in our lives. You want to do a new thing in us. And we pray, Father, for that new thing. We pray that we would see where your hand is moving and that we would follow. And God, we invite you in again. Do your work. We are open. Renew our spirits. It's in your name we pray. Amen.